Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Rugby Report Card. Uh, with me this week is uh, Blake. How are you, mate, after a couple of weeks away? Um, good, mate. Good. Enjoyed the footy on the weekend. Enjoyed the rugby. Happy to be back chatting to you fellas. And, uh, I'm well. And yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. And uh, excited about a chat, chat footy as always. And uh, looking forward to hearing your views on uh, the, the rugby championship table. It must be a while since Australia have sat at the top of the perch on the highest rung in New Zealand have been the also runs at That's the bottom. The Here I am. Here I am saying I'm feeling good, coming in here thinking we didn't play England this week. There can be no hostilities. And you come in here with an off-the-cuff sarcastic remark about a show. Why is that so, so sarcastic, mate? Don't even think that. And I'm moving on. With me also is uh, is Mr. Uh, Raxworth. James, how are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Um, we just want to bring one thing to the fore before we go through into the games, actually. I thought it'd be uh, remiss of us if we didn't. I just want to uh, say it was it was amazing what Michael Hooper did in terms of um, bring it to the fore, furthermore, the, the condition of mental health. And I hope Michael Hooper is OK and, and dealing with everything at the moment. But I think it's an, a great opportunity to for everyone out there who's struggling with their mental health concerns to remember that you can talk about it. And um, I hope that uh, he continues to get well. But um, I just thought it was a really important thing to mention. Boys, what do you think? Uh, here, here, Richard, I think it sets an example. Um, it's coming, it's happening more and more in sport, but it was, it was, it was still rare. So someone of his, his stature and caliber to um, take a step back, I think was admirable. And I, I think that everyone's unified in recognizing that. So it, it's been lovely to see. Um, I'd also like to, to call out um, the women's sevens team before we get into the more recent stuff um, and just how incredible their season has been and, and gold medalists at the Commonwealth Games. How good. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. It was, it was amazing. And obviously beating Fiji in the final, um, great game of footy. Just the, we say it all the time, the athleticism, just the, the footy that they show and the fact that they've won the World Series and won the Commonwealth Games. What a season, you know, um, super excited for them and to continue to celebrate women's sport and with obviously the 15-side version uh, World Cup uh, later on. Just amazing. Just hope they continue to get uh, a coverage because it's a great spectacle at the moment. It is. It's going to be harder and harder to get players released to play in that sevens comp, particularly after we're seeing the injuries come through. Because it's if when it's star-studded, it's lovely. But... Um, Man, these contracts, these overseas contracts and the way in which the seasons intertwine, it's too risky. It's too risky. Well, I, yeah, I don't think the girls have that issue, which is no. why it's such an awesome product. But but the men certainly do, don't they? Mm. And that was a shame. Samu Karevi. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But uh, just last thing on the women, I think it's I think it's great. And I, I really, you know, excited to see all the all the girls, whether it's, you know, we talk about Charlotte Catholic being a household name, but more and more of the of the women's um, in that sevens team are going to become house, household names. And I think that's really exciting because the more you, more we get young girls playing the sport, I think the, the better, really. Yeah, I think the challenge for rugby is where to now, right? There's some serious momentum with that team. Um, there's some serious momentum. Um, so how do you jump on the back of that? How do you get them on the wheat mix box? It's a shame the Commonwealth Games is a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, cheery over here. It is, but <laughs> felt like it was more of a thing in the nineties. Yeah, it's a bit more. I don't want to go into it, but it's a bit shit, man. You've got to hold out for two more years. That's where you got to go. That's what you hold out for. Two more years, and then everyone can retire. Who cares? 
Well, let's move right. on to something, some even more something <laughs> positive. Was as I said, the uh, the current rugby championship table is as uh, Australia is sitting pretty at the top with a bonus point being ahead of South Africa. And I think it'd be remiss of us not to say, you know, with the with the Wallabies, it hasn't happened for a while that you've been at the top. And what would be your big takeaways from it, Jim? What would you say were the the, the highlights before the the lowlights? Uh, what well, us sitting at the top, or just the game in Gen? Both. Uh, it's great. Sit at the top. Whatever, man. No one's looking at the table just yet. Um, Blake is. And you know what? Uh, look, screen, it's going to be his, controversial, but... It's his screensaver, man, just to let you know right now. The, the top of the rugby championship table, it matters for four weeks, and then it doesn't matter again. So it's a great little comp, but the Bledisloe's where it's all at. But um, I think, look, it was a bit of a tough watch, you know, to sit there and say I loved every minute of it. I didn't. Definitely was a game of two halves if you look at the penalty count um that's the aussie game the kiwi encounter like fuck i haven't seen a packed stadium with that much fierceness in it in a very very long time that would have been a difficult fixture for the kiwis a struggling kiwi team do i think ian foster should be on this on the rope man not yet i don't look there's a quick summation of how i'm feeling just before we go into the individual games, what would you say, Blake? A little synopsis of the of the, the whole situation before we look at the Wallabies in more depth. Um, as a rugby fan, both pretty special. Love to just watch the Wallabies win and, and put 40 points on. Um, it's nice to see. It's been a frustrating Wallaby season so far. And as Jim said, those frustrations just spiralled in the first half, right? In the lead-up, we lost Karevi. We lost Hooper. We lost Quaid in the first half. The penalty count, I think we're down by 10 or 11 penalties at halftime. And it was just like, here we fucking go again. So to see the boys rally in the second half and, and score some champagne tries, um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It, it was um, special and exciting. Um, and speaking of special, that was the, the South Africa Kiwi game for me. Um, I think... We're at an exciting precipice in world rugby right now, where the All Blacks are the Windies after the 80s or the Australian cricket team after the mid-2000s, you know, an end of an era. Um, so it's fun to watch. It's so competitive. There was something bubbling in at that stadium um, and, and the atmosphere and the intensity of that, of that game. Um, I disagree with Jim's account. I think Foster's got to pack his bags a long time ago um, and he won't make the World Cup. Richard, what do you think? Um, just to build on your point about Foster and the, the World Cup, I, I am unfortunately that person who does actually agree with you, Blake, in terms of I think he needs to go. And I need, he needs time. The, the new person needs time. Um, and I think Foster's not helped himself with the chopping and changing of the team. And I know some of that's been to do with like sabbaticals and injuries and stuff like that, but there's too many question marks. But to build on your point, I love the competitiveness um, of world rugby right now. And South Africa might actually be the most challenging place to go and, and win at the moment. But when we think about and we project forward to a World Cup in a year's time or just a year and a bit's time, uh, one of maybe six teams could win. And um, you could make an argument. Sorry, it's cool, for six isn't teams it? It's it cool. is cool. Um, and in elite sport around the world, in many sports, it's never normally that amount. So that that's amazing. But to, to go to the Wallabies more, uh, more specifically, I thought there was a lot of really exciting parts to the Wallabies. Um, you know, 18 defenders beaten, more clean breaks, um, still look really good with ball in hand, um, especially in open play when there's a when it's a bit disjointed. Um, and I understand your point about penalties, but I still have a concern about Wallaby's discipline. Um, still try and push the uh, the boundaries a little bit too far. Maybe don't listen to the referee enough. 
I think long term, that's something that they still need to work on is to improve that discipline. But uh, Wallaby should be, be applauded for coming back from behind and showing that tenacity and having, you know, combinations missing and overcoming Quaid's um, obviously injury and um, probably might not ever. And this is a harsh reality. They never put on a Wallaby jersey again. We've seen what happens in other sports with Kevin Durant and other people that have potentially done Achilles injury. It was a sad way for him to, to finish because he was looking sharp at times. Yeah, well, there's plenty to jump on there. Number one, discipline, you're right. Unless the Wallaby sort out the discipline, they're getting it crushed by everyone else because um, as exciting and happy as I was to see the Wallaby win and score some tries, the, the, the reality is Argentina are fucking shit. Um, they aren't what they were a few years ago. They aren't what they were when they had the Jaguars running around in Super Rugby. Um, yes, they're still at home. Man, it's yes. the same names, man. It's the That's same. That's what names. I mean. That's what I mean. They're, they're, they are beatable, and they should be beatable now. Um, so unless we sort our discipline out, we'll, we'll get stomped by the major nations. Uh, with that said, I think it was fucking any penalty that guy could even imagine he was pulling up. Um, there were some obscure calls, and I think it went the other way against Argentina in the second half as he tried to even up the ledger. There was just a lot of whistles blown. Um, but you're right, Richard, the Wallabies do need to sort out that discipline. Um, to the Quaid thing, he started the game very Quaid, didn't he, with two mistakes. Uh, but for the next half an hour, I just thought, oh, that's what we've missed at 10. Someone who has time, someone who can find the space, someone who looks in control, um, and someone who's a running threat if they get a bit of space. They're not just sitting in the pocket. Watching Quaid play 10 and still be with so much faith going forward, and then his injury, man, it's horrible. It's really horrible. It's heartbreaking as a Wallaby fan. Um, it's the missing ingredient, number 10. When he played 10 last year, we won. When he didn't, we lost. Didn't play 10 this year, we lost. He played 10, we won. Um, he really does feel like the missing piece, and it's kind of crazy that it's taken him to 34 to be that player. But I, I fear you're right, Richard. We'll have to – I mean, let's get straight to it. Does – what do you do if you're Dave Rennie, Wallaby number 10? Let's look at it real quick. Quaid's out. He's gone. You don't have Karevi to bail anyone else out. He's gone too. So whoever's at 10 is doing the job without the world's best 12 outside him. So who do you go? Do you go Lolasia, who's been tried, tested, and never delivered? Do you go James O'Connor, who's got the experience, arguably the talent, but seems to be off the pace this season, isn't a 10? Or do you go Donaldson or Edmed? Um, who, you know, huge upside to them, but never been tested in a competitive game of rugby in their life. You're missing a very, very important name there. Who you got for me? You go with Reese Hodge. Yeah. <laughs> dude came on. It all went uphill from there. Who was the other dude that came on and it all went uphill? Was Simmons, I think. <laughs> um, look, dude, you're just so far into the international season that... You can't bring Donaldson or Edmund in unless you're just happy to lose it, right? Which I don't think we are. I think there's too much at stake, particularly for Rennie's record, and that's the shit that they'll bring up in two years' time and tell you how bad you are. Well, can um, I jump on there, Jim? Is... I agree with that, and I think that's exactly what will be the logical decision-making, that it will either be, as a result of that, it will be Lolaseo or James O'Connor, but... If you make that decision, and I, and I think they will make that decision, which you've just said there, Jim, that means Donaldson and Ed Med aren't a chance until post-World Cup. 
That seems crazy to me. That seems crazy to me. But go, go on. I just. But they're a spring tour investment. They're a spring tour investment. I don't think it's the Bledisloe Cup in two weeks investment or South Africa coming up. Don't think this is the time to expose to them and potentially shatter them or, or re- regress them a couple of years. I'm not heaps jazz about Noah, and I, I, I see O'Connor being the better option. Um, but I just think there's a lot of flaws in that man's game. But, man, I'd go Noah. You're Rennie, you go Noah. I think I think he will do that. Um, he'll, you know, showed faith in him before, um, and I, I don't think he wants to set his career backwards. You're Dave Rennie, Jim, you go Noah. Richard, you're Dave Rennie, who do you go? Um, it's all predicated off who they're playing. And so because they're playing... Um, Argentina next in the in round two. I'd actually go James O'Connor. Um, I think with the way that New Zealand, with the way that Argentina play, um, I think in terms of being quite loose, they offload the ball quite a lot. There's, there's an opportunity for turnover. I think James O'Connor has the opportunity to find space and be a little bit more elusive. Um, for me, Nora is the in inverted commas the steady option and the kicks beautifully off the tee. Um, you know what you're getting with him. So if you were playing South Africa or New Zealand, then I would go with Noah Lolasio. In terms of Edmund and Donaldson, you cannot pick them in uh, uh, in the rugby championship. I feel against two of the top tier nations in terms of New Zealand and South Africa, it will damage them. I agree with Jim that if you're going to play them, take them on a spring tour, play them against Wales or England or whatever, and give them an opportunity to, to experience test match footy. But I just don't think throwing them into a New Zealand or a South Africa game um, is like throwing lambs to the slaughter. So uh, for me, it would be James O'Connor only because Argentina are playing. You're playing Argentina next. I agree that you can't bring a 10 into the setup who hasn't trained there. No. Um, so you're setting him up to fail. But he has <laughs> just been, he has <laughs> been just throwing something else out there. I don't think you win a World Cup with James O'Connor or Noah Lolosio. I don't know if I feel the same way about Edmund or Donaldson. I haven't seen enough of a sample size. There's a bit of optimistic ignorance there. Not in an 18-month um, period. Man. And having watched Donaldson at schoolboys, how bloody good he was, there's part of me which is like, just go to Bernie Larkham, just throw the lanky kid at 10 and see what happens. Uh, but I know it's those sorts of things which ruin careers. Uh, and Australian rugby is very and, fucking good at that. So and you look, boys are probably right. You're and, probably right. I just don't think you can win a World Cup with Lola C or James O'Connor. And I think the thing we just need to be, you are a diehard Waratahs fan, which you've claimed to be this year, uh, Blake. Um, and, uh, but unfortunately, as much as I like Donaldson and Edmund, we've seen issues with them at, at Super Rugby level. And they've been huge improvements at the Waratahs this year. You know, I want the Waratahs to win every game. But we've seen limitations in their game at Super Rugby level. So when it translates, uh, when it obviously goes up a level to Test Match Rugby, I just think that there's too much pressure on them and you could do too much damage. Uh, playing them against Wales, Italy, England, Ireland, I think, you know, is a good... And once they go... No, I think no one, no one needs those games too, though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's a, up too. He needs those games too. Yeah, I He needs some games where he can dominate rather than just play yeah. France, England, All Blacks True. and get fucking shellacked. Um, do you know what? Right, I don't want some upside though. Yeah, no, you go. No, I was just to say before we talk upside, because there are lots of upside, I just want to know really what your opinion is um, about uh, Bobby Valentino. Uh, uh, Valentini, sorry. Um, I like Valentino though. Yeah, I know. That's good. Is he reaching the, his ceiling right now? Like, is he doing enough? Like, he's got lots of carries and looks threatening, but 
has he, has he made the after coming back from injury? Is he doing as well as what we'd all envisage and hope? Because he is going to be a superstar when he grows up, when he gets older, when he plays. But is he has he got back to the level that he he was before? I don't I don't think he is right now. But I'm happy to be told wrong. Well, I thought he was on the weekend. I thought he was shite against England uh, and got beat up. Didn't win his contacts. Uh, and it really worried me because he was so good in Super Rugby and against the Kiwi teams. And then I had this feeling of like, oh, shit, is Super Rugby just a bit soft? Um, but I thought he was fucking sensational. He was the old Bobby V on the weekend. Every time he got the ball, I clenched my ass a bit because I was nervous. I thought he was sensational. What do you think, Jim? I just reckon the way in which he's used in that team is very predictable. And yeah, hasn't changed yeah. since hasn't changed in which the Brumbies they use it the exact same way. I think if he wants to improve his game, he needs to be way more dynamic, um, tighter in his running game, way more dynamic and a little more presence in the uh, in the defensive game too. When he runs those in lines <clears throat> off the line out and maybe off a scrum at times, he um all, all they do is go low. He never makes the meters his run up suggests. You think this is a big run, but he gets chopped very, very easily. No footwork. I think a that. little more, a little more footwork at the yeah. line. Agree. Bit of um, bit of bit of that pizza footwork. Um, I don't know. I thought he was pretty special on the weekend. Maybe he's a ball carrier. Don't get me wrong. But if we're if we're trying to promote him to the upper echelon and one of the best players in the team, then there's a there's a fault. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he could have better footwork and contact. But, I wanted to go um, back also because it's it's hard to get in, but I want to go back to Quaid just before we fully move on. Um, I just if I was Rennie and you asked me if I was him before, if I was him, I would not have Quaid running at the line as much as he did. The dude is 34. He's a very, very vital part of the next couple of months. And the dude probably hit it up six, seven, eight times before he got injured. Hasn't played a lot of footy since he's finished his little club cameo. He's coming off a calf injury. Of course, he's going to be susceptible to this shit. You need him playing a little general role. No way should he be sidestepping at the line. Uh, he is who he is. I don't think you can coach that out of him. You have to, or else you just here we are again. I think I it's thought, also. I thought it was bad. Yeah, I also think he wasn't helped by the fact of no disrespect to Hunter Paisami, who I thought had a good game, by the way. But I think he went to the live. Um, well, frequently because he didn't have Karevi outside him. And when you miss a world-class inside centre, I think he had to challenge the defence a little bit more uh, than what, obviously, he would have done if Karevi was there. So I think that would... Oh, you guys are nuts if you think that's what led to his injury. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's, no, no, no. That's not, what, that's not what we said. It's definitely... it's You see the athletes all around the world. If you have a calf injury and you go to it and you don't rest, of course it leads to a potential Achilles tendon. That's not the reason, and, but it might have... And I think Quaid's whole career for me is if he stays out of the contact, he plays like shite. If he gets himself in the firing line early in the game, he plays really well. They run um, around him every time. I think it's good for him, right? We used to hide him and he used to play like shit because he would do avoid contact and f- throw that extra pass. And once he's in the contact, I think he's playing well. Um, I just think it is what it is. He got injured. It's terrible. Um, like the injuries are terrible, right? Our best three players were Michael Hooper, Quade Cooper and Samu Krevi. It's objectively true. And I'm always- just saying they obviously <laughs> had been cleared and thought he was fine. I just would have done it differently. Just Jim, who are you? Hidden him a bit more. Jim, who were your uh, who were your highlights though? Maybe we talked about some low nights. Well, who were your standout highlights? Standout performances: Reese Hodge. Very, very impressed with Reese Hodge. 
Um, I liked it. He came on and played 5'8", and they cut him out the first five times they passed the ball because yeah. they knew he couldn't be at 5'8". Wright just came in and played 5'8". Um, but, <laughs> but he kicked his goals and he stayed out of the way. So I'll give him that. Oh, and he's always backing up in support and stuff. I thought I thought he played that off the bench, dude, where fucks do something very, very well. Mr. Fix-It. But exactly right. And that's all he's ever going to amount to. He can't run on at 10. He's just a bench player until we've got someone better. But the fact that he can absolutely heft one does play into his strengths, which is I think he's going to stick around. But in terms of that, look, Fraser McWright, mate, I mean, I, I don't want to talk too much of Michael Hooper's mental state because I know absolutely nothing about it. But they talk about this in other sports too where – some sometimes really good players, and we, we talked about Michael Hooper not being his best in the England series, and he was always going to get picked. The dude will get picked every single game if he's up for it until the end of the year, and no opportunity would come for someone to sort of step into that role. And look, I wonder whether or not, look, I hesitate saying it, but if Michael Hooper's got stuff going on, whether or not this actually played in to that role, played in the fact that Fraser McWright was there banging the door, here's a dude, he's ready. Questions are getting asked on the talk shows, whether or not there was a little bit of... Unless he's listed to ours, I think he's all right. <laughs> Mate, it's everywhere. Every chat was that. Whether or not that played into it, but look, Fraser McWright, I thought he played excellent for a debutant. Um, Outside of that, man, I heard Darcy Swain, everyone talking him up, but I thought he was a bit lacklustre when it came to penalties. Mm. I would agree with that. Gave too many penalties away, I thought. Um, I have to say, just talk about positivity. I thought that, that President Wright did... did yeah, uh, something did I'm not well. good at. You're I, in the mood you're in, Jim. <laughs> uh, I think uh, there was a lot of positivities. I, I think, look, uh, Pattaya, a nice running line off Quaid when he drifted across for, for his, obviously, for his, for his try. Uh, still made a couple of errors, but Pattaya is growing in that shirt. Uh, Jed Holloway for a journeyman coming in at six, which he hasn't played all year. I thought he played well. Um, and just love the, the the story behind it and for him to finally get that jersey. And, you know, I mentioned it, you know, Paisami coming into 12, he did he did a good job. He, he carried the ball well. He beat some defenders. Um, he's continuing to develop. I don't think he's ever going to be a high-quality international 12. He's not big enough, but I thought he played well, Paisami. Um, so there's a few players that, that, that did well, and, and, and obviously Ikitao, um does what Ikitao did, read, read, the, read, the well, um, read the game well defensively. Um, but if you look into the game, if you look into the game, like the second half, all our points came from back-to-back piggybacking down the field. Yeah. And it was just playing territory. Mm. And we are better than them, so we're going to win that battle. I think I was a bit disappointed where it wasn't us getting our heads together. It wasn't us finally clicking on cylinders and being a team. It was more just their ill discipline and the referee trying to level the, the yeah, penalty but in count. defensive in defense of Australia slightly we talk about cohesion a lot and culture and building I think that the the team that was picked was a bit disjointed so that that match up uh, those partnerships were not as um, well tested as what it was before so I think that means you had to go back to you know set piece and structures and stuff like that so yeah um, Jim I think you're, you're being horrible here mate we put 40 points on Argentina away from home and we didn't have a single combination from the rest of the series right, look at the uh, last 10 minutes of that the, game what filth <laughs> the team was a hodgepodge mess um, I think there's some amazing. Played, we just said he played well. No, hodgepodge. <laughs> Best player, mate. Um, I, I think that there's some amazing stories. I think Tom Wright, been saying it for years, is a fullback. 
And that answers the biggest problem in Australian rugby since Israel Folau left. Mate, he Pattaya, did that horrific kick that ended up in one of the best counter tries ever. I thought Tom Wright was sensational. I thought Jordan Pattaya played 80 minutes, which I've never seen him do before, uh, and it involved line breaks and tries. It's sensational. Corabetti is just an absolute machine, absolute machine. I agree with Dave Rennie, best winger in the world, certainly in the conversation, Colby and him. If you're happy to, um, if you're happy to carry three drops a game, then yeah. yeah. I don't think he dropped the ball once. Um, Ikitao was rightfully picked at 13. We looked so much better when Ikitao was 13. Did some fuck-off good shit in attack, um, which I thought was great. Paisami was amazing. I don't know what more can you want by a bloke who's consistently picked out of position at 13. Comes into 12. Played first receiver for more of the game than Reese Hodge did. Um, I thought Paisami was sensational. Um, I'll take that from my back line. I thought White was off the boil. His kicking game is a bit shit. They weren't contestable. Let's jump to the forwards. Jed Holloway on debut. He was brilliant. He's the sixth we've been looking for, and he's the one Rennie's wanted to pick. Loved it. Valentini, his best game in green and gold that I could probably ever think of. Looked like he was playing for the Brumbies. Um, and I agree with everything you said about Fraser McWright. Um, I thought Feinger's set piece was on point. He's a try-scoring machine. I did think our scrum was a little underpowered, but I'm not surprised with the front row we ran on with. It's always going to be a little bit underpowered, um, but you've got Tupo coming off the bench. Slipper, captain. I mean, from the bag man to the captain, it's an incredible yarn. Um, and then you've got Gibbon coming on free stay. But I think there is a lot to be proud of in this Wallaby performance. And I, I just think you're way too negative for a team that put on 41 points away from home, losing their captain 24 hours before kickoff. They're 5-8 at halftime um, and their best player a week out. Like, I, I think it was great. I don't think we're beating the All Blacks next week, um, but I'll take it, hey? I'm a fan. I'm not here to, to win every week. I'm here, I am, if we can, but if, fuck, I'll cheer us no matter what. I'm, I'm going to take the wins, wins when I can get them. So cheer up, Jim. Anyone else? No one else excited about yeah, that? No, I, I would actually agree. I was waiting for Jim's retort to that as you were finishing with a. Uh, are you happy with that, Jim? Sorry. Uh, I think. Yeah, um, I'm happy with that. <laughs> I think there are. And I, 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 you just said it a lot more passionately than probably that, that I did for very valid reasons. But, but there are. You're, you're right. There are lots of. <laughs> we, we lost every other game. It's nice <laughs> to win one, Richard. Yeah, there is lots of lots of positives. I agree, and you've you've echoed a lot of my points. And I think going back to just half on the Holloway thing, I think it's a it's a good one because you've got an extra line out option. Um, you just need to make sure the carries are you know that everyone does their does just their job in terms of getting the ball over the gain line um, and winning those contact meters. I don't think he is as effective as others. Um, and I'd also like to applaud the fact that Dave Rennie has Tupo off the bench. You won't like me saying this, but I think it's a much more valuable option. Even if it's a 45 minute he comes off on the bench or a 50 minutes, or even if he comes on at halftime, I just think he's... Uh, I, I couldn't disagree more. Um, I, I know but you I understand can. your point. I understand your point. Um, I just like that as a like that as an option. Um, and and yeah, I agree. Be- wonderful story about James Slipper. It does question it. I do does bring some questions to mind though. He's obviously not a long term solution in terms of Wallaby captain. I wonder whether that was just as a result of maybe um, situation or whether there is no long term incumbent. Well, what are your thoughts? 
a long, long yeah, it's tricky, right? The, the the captain options are Slipper, Alatoa, and White, and none of them are going to be around longer than Michael Hooper. No, correct. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's an interesting one. I don't know if there is an obvious um, an obvious leader, but proud of Slipper, and, and I mean Slipper. I watched his post game speech to the boys. It was that we lost Parecki two days ago. We lost Hooper last night. Um, I, he said top five Wallaby wins for him all time for what they were able to overcome. Um, and I think that that's saying something, that bloke has seen some football. Um, I think there was a lot of adversity. But they just were getting pumped. We were losing at the 60th minute. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, there is there is a deficit of Wallaby captain there. Um, it's, it's a dog's breakfast, the team, right? There's so many players missing. But fuck it. I'll take the wins when I can get it. It's nice. Absolutely. Just looking at Argentina for a second, what what do you go think, Jim? You know, for me, I think about Lavanini played well the second row. But other than that, really, there was not much, too much to write home. Too many missed tackles for Argentina, 18 in general, too many penalties given away. What have they got to do to move forward? Start again? No, I'm not that harsh. Um, <laughs> fuck, I don't know. Not pick Creevy, that's for sure. Uh, as Czech has been over there, he's already introduced the Giddo law. Make sure Creevy can come back get the veteran in the side look i don't know man i don't know enough about what talent they got running around there and what talent they got running around europe either um but look no one really grabbed it by the rough of the neck even when all the momentum was going their way they only managed to get 15 16 sort of points out of it 19 points out of it um look i didn't really have too much to say about their centers i remember when they used to have some barnstorming centers going down um that seemed like a position where they're a bit short of skill, short of talent. Um, and other than that, it's a disciplined sport. They've always been their problem. It will continue to be their problem. And even check, I mean, a passionate guy, they're going to really struggle to wane it in, particularly because it's a bit of an identity thing for them now, being the real aggressors, you know, they really eat that shit up. Um, so I think it's going to be a tough swing. Do you reckon um, the, yeah. the loss of the, the Haguaras is actually going to be a long-term issue for the Argentina team, do you reckon? Yeah, it's going to regress them because the Haguares, it was great for local talent. Uh, it was a good turnout on the weekend, but going over to Europe, combinations, all of this shit matters a lot. It's, it's, it's just tough. And the fact that they're running very, very similar names, then if you rewind, and I checked the teams 10 years ago, it's the same guy. Contemporary was in there, but otherwise it's so. Um, I think the Jaguares thing, I think it's a generational problem. This team is the bones of the Haguaras. Now that they're gone, it's going to take a generation of new talent. I, off memory, I think they're pretty good in the under-20s. Um, so maybe there is a new generation coming through. It's hard for me to comment, right, because I don't watch any of these players play footy. So I don't know if it's a combination thing, if it's a tactic thing, or that's as good as they are. Um, but some of the names, you know, Orlando, Bolfelli, Cabelli, Montoya, Crema, they don't seem as good as they did a few years ago. Um, but that's probably that lack of continuity and that lack of competition. Um, or maybe we expect more from Argentina. Um, so they they look a bit shy. That counter-attack try genuinely impressed me, um, set up by their fullback. Other than that, I didn't feel they were much of a threat um, throughout the game. It was penalties that we keeping in there. The counter-attack try really, really impressed me. And I was like, oh, shit, maybe they got another bow to this, a string to their bow. Um, but I don't know what they've got to work on because they, 
they weren't terrible anywhere, um, but they weren't good anywhere either. So it just felt like it felt like the only reason they were ahead was they were ahead on the penalty count the whole game. Um, so yeah, that sort out the defense, I guess. Richard, any big insights for the Pumas? Not really, no. And I'm at a at a loss really to because they they are seem to be they do seem to be going backwards and regressing, and that's the shame, and and that's why. Um, I don't know what the plan is and I'm not sure Checker knows what the plan is. He's very good at motivating and trying to, you know, um, get, improve those one percenters, but I don't think he's the most tactical coach in the world. And so I'm not sure really where the, where the growth is for them at the moment. And uh, um, who knows, they might do well in that work in the world cup. And that's what ultimately that's what they're working towards. Um, but yeah, I, unfortunately I, I don't see a, a strong future without having that Haguaras team there really. Um, uh, with all my positivity said from before, because I really did enjoy it. I'm a rusted on. I was out watching. It was great. But I, I'd just say this. How how good was the comp last year when it was all in Australia? And every weekend there was two games back-to-back of primetime rugby. And the Wallabies were pretty good because everyone had to travel here. Um, there's something particularly shit about this competition. Like we haven't watched rugby for two weeks. Then the Wallabies are on at 5 a.m. for two weeks. And then they're off for another week. It's like any momentum from that England series um, is just gone. I know there's nothing you can do, right? Everyone else travelled last year. It's our turn to face the music. But it's a bit shit, isn't it? You're talking about time slots? I'm just talking about, like, other than the rusted-ons. No one knew that game was on. No, nah, they didn't, and that's a promotional thing. But as a rusted-on, man, I don't mind the change. Taking the pressure off the Saturday night, um, and I can watch it in the morning. Like, it suits me really well. <laughs> no, I, I, I quite enjoyed it too. I guess I'm just saying just the structure of the competition, right? Play England three weeks in a row, primetime TV. We don't see it for two weeks. Then you're in Argentina for two and then have another week off. It's nothing you can do. It's just, it's just a, it's, it's a hodgepodge. It's a hodgepodge. You know, like everyone's talking about this Bowden Barrett and it was horrific, but you know, it was heaps worse to me. I fucking faff. Did you see that shit? Yeah, it was terrible. That knee to the head. That was brutal. That was way more violent. That was fucking terrible. That would have hurt so much, man. Man, I would have been straight off. I hope Faf's... Of course. If that happened to someone, it might say, I just walk off. I'm not doing this. Oh, if you're on the field, absolutely not tackling Caleb Clark. That won't be happening. I would never jump for a high ball again. Yeah, after that Burton Barrett one. I don't know if you did before. Um, Yeah, brutal shit. I got up. Last thing I'd say on the Australian Argentina game, how good was it? Slipper just running out both teams. I was wondering if you're going to say that. It was incredible. Imagine if they swapped jerseys at the end of the game. They could give the captain speech in each other's dressing room. No one would know other than the accent. It's got to be a first where one player's captain both teams going out. <laughs> it's incredible. The same bloke captain both teams. It was just mind blowing. Anyway, All Blacks South Africa. Uh, my takeaway, and I, I think I said this to your work, Rich, was um, I, I don't love it, but I really don't think that right now you can beat a fucking monster pack and a great box kicking game. I don't think you beat it. I think that that's the cheat code to rugby at the moment. Oh, it's been like that for ages. It has, it has been, but there was there was New Zealand was always our our what's the word? Glimmer of hope. Yeah, our paradox to it, our juxtaposition, our yardstick. That no, there is still some elite running rugby 
that is unbeatable and that boring game will get fucking smashed if you kick it back to them. But I watched this game and it was like, well, no one's beating that. Like no one is going to South Africa and beating that. They are just so accurate at it. Their forwards are so fucking big. They don't miss a kick at goal. And I mean, even the try that they scored to start it all off, um, South Africa, you know, really run away with it. It's just a fucking up and under that someone dropped. Like, yeah. It's just what they do, right? You eventually make a mistake. Of course. Um, it, it just kind of got good on them, the Bockies, right? And I love watching New Zealand lose. God, I love watching New Zealand lose. But it um, ah, it just kind of depressed me a little bit. that the, the, the game is so slow now that the fitness doesn't really matter. Every bloke can be 135 and a fucking man mountain because there's that many stoppages. Their pack is world-class. Their halves are world-class. Their wingers are fucking lightning and incredible under the high ball. They're very good at it. They're very good at managing pressure. Um, But I just can't see it being beaten right now. And New Zealand don't have it. Maybe France, but they're very good at it too. Like, I just can't see it being beaten as the style of rugby. So that was my big takeaway. I just watched it and I was like, well, you're not beating this. Mm, It can't be beaten. Can't be beaten. I think it, it am I can, wrong? I, I think it, it can be, but I don't think it can be beaten right now. Because if you go back, you're to the, Rennie. All right, Richard, you're, you're Rennie. Rennie. How do you beat it? How do you beat it? Two power ten. No, no, no. Five, I, I, as I said, the team right now, the Wallabies cannot beat it. Okay. Um, if if South Africa, um, obviously, you're a very bad Rennie, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. No. All right. That's not going to lift the boys. Get the guitar out and try again. Call him me, Nick. Jesus. Sorry. Let's 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 go again. Oh, absolutely. You can. All you need to do is just give it to Bobby V, and he'll just run all the way through. No, I think the, the thing is, you you the problem with South Africa is they do both things really well. The box kick is really well, and they compete in the breakdown really really well. Like there were the two things, and obviously that that's key. A great chase through a box kick allows you to compete in the breakdown. Um, the problem is the way you beat it is you have to play a perfect game. And New Zealand used to do that a lot. Then they used to be able to go out at the back and go wide. But unfortunately, New Zealand are not executing right now at the moment. You know, we look at it back to last year when it was all in here. We took all in Australia, the competition. And I was on record as saying South Africa had a win. They just beat the Lions. They played this game. And they just didn't, they didn't execute as well. And New Zealand showed that level because they were competing at that, at that high level. There's a However, travel thing there, though. There's yeah, a travel thing in that equation. So as long as I would say, as long as we're looking towards a World Cup and overseas, then there is a chance that you can obviously you can counteract it. But yes, beating South Africa in South Africa is I don't see anyone doing it right now anytime soon. Particularly yeah, the, the pinnacle. But it, it is genuinely worrying for the All Blacks, though, because Ireland beat them by maintaining possession. And South Africa beat them by kicking away possession and just pinning them back with territory. Um, it's kind of New Zealand have, have lost both ways. Um, they're, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. They're in their trouble. Yeah, they've got their, their front row stinks, their second row's dad's army, the back row Kane stinks, and they do not know the 6-8 combination. Um, I think we all know Mawanga has to be 10, but they're sticking with Barrett. Centres are a mess. Um, and they don't know the best combination for their back three. Like it's a, it happens when you're losing though. Like they were spoilt with choice and they've just picked wrong for quite a while. It just feels like it's an absolute mess that all blacks it up. They're yeah, in I trouble. Think, 
I, I, they are in trouble, but I think your summation of them being an absolute mess is, I think, a little bit harsh. I think uh, with compared a, to them, they've lost five from six. Yeah, comparatively, it's yes, a dog's comparatively. breakfast over there, mate. It's five from six, mate. It's a home series to Ireland and a pantsing by the box. Absolute pantsing, a shellacking. Um, and I, so this um, is, there's no simple fix. So just to make this, uh, this your foster gym. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to ask a question right now. Your foster, Jim, how do you uh, ensure that you don't lose the blood as late? Because you're in the worst position that you've ever been in. You've lost last five and Show six. Australia, Australia go into its favourites right now. I'm foster. Whatever, man. The, the blood is low is my redemption story. It's the redemption cup. That's where I come back striding in. I talk very, very big about beating Australia and keep running the line that this has been a step forward for us in a 2-0 two, two defeat in South Africa. That's what I'd do. But I think more importantly, I think, like, you're Rennie. How do you win the blood? Rennie or Foster? You're Rennie. Now, see, if I'm Foster, I show up. It's not the question. You'll be fine, man. <laughs> Boys, I've, I've got your jerseys. Just get out there. Um, they'll be fine. Uh, I'm Rennie. How do I, how do I win the blood slow? Jesus fucking Christ. My answer would have always been bring back Quaid. No, a genuine question though. Like, all right, let's question. just do it with you, Richie. Rich, you're Scott, you're Robertson. What do you do? I sit back in my chair, put my feet up, smoke my cigar. You wait it go, out? Yeah, my time is coming, people. My time is coming. Just, just wait, wait for the offers. Who's who's bidding for him? New Zealand, Australia, and England, all throwing cash at him. Yes, mate. He's already well, got definitely. an He's already got an envelope with each of the countries on it, and he's just deciding how heavy is each of those envelopes with the uh, with the cash in it. Deciding which uh, one. If I was open. him, I'd, I'd tell the Kiwis to get eat a dick. Though, didn't they just hire all these assistant coaches from the Crusaders? Yeah. Put them in the All Black setup. Yep. Yeah. And try and steal his knowledge without hiring him. Oh, but they can go fuck themselves. That's mate. what I would have done. If you would have asked me, all right, you're Foster. What would I do? I'd hire everyone but the man, so he gets. Um, jaded and leaves yeah and steal all the all these ideas um, yeah no foster's 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 in some bunny rubble and so sam kane you need some scapegoats and i reckon they're the scapegoats sam kane is an obvious scapegoat he is a shit richie he before. looks he does he, he is he does look broken at this press conference so i must feel bad for it it's because he's putting in he's putting in his body type is sort of it's 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 old scheme it's, it's, it's a throwback. It is. It's the old school seven. I think both Blake all... and I wish we were old school sevens, don't you, Blake? I'll pop, I'll pop this top off right now, Rich. Nah, man. You don't, oh, think you don't want to live life at his weight, at his size. You know how many pants you'd be running through? Think of the chafe, Richard. Think just, of the chafe. Just, 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 for the, just for the record, this is obviously a podcast. Uh, could you, were you trying to flex there, Blake? Because I couldn't see anything. Sorry. Well, the, shirt's, the shirt's off, but. Yeah, put your shirt back on. <laughs> um, yeah, look, let's do it all again next week because that's a logical format for a competition. Um, so what, who do you boys reckon is going to win next week? Australia in Argentina again? Uh, New Zealand in South Africa again? Um, deja, deja vu, mate. Deja vu. We've been here before. I reckon they both get closer. It's one thing I don't miss about squatting, the leg size. Yeah. <laughs> The chafe. I remember a couple of days at work, I had to put baby powder in there. It was just too painful. That's awful. It's awful. I didn't know it would come through. 
they come through the denim and just go great choice white crotch great choice of word come through white crotch well, great choice this is horrible this is horrible oh, boys. carry on then jeez um so who do you reckon next week uh, yeah, so I reckon it'll be a repeat, and I reckon it'll be a pretty similar scoreline. In terms of differential, maybe not the actual scoreline, but the differential will be very similar. Um, I tend to agree, but I will throw some money on New Zealand. Just the fact that they're an underdog feels like you've got to bet on them, don't you? How often are the All Blacks underdog? I think last weekend was the first time in a decade they were underdog going into a game of rugby. I lost, but I'll be doing it again. Yeah. You've just run a yarn about five minutes ago about how South Africa are unbeatable at home and they're, they're, it's, they're, they're demonstrating the perfect way to win a game right now and then you're going to go and bet against them. Because it's just a shit way to win a game, though, deep down. I feel that. All right. I think we could all say, well, we know what Blake's going for, so it's a New Zealand win. All going to go for an Australia no. win, I'm sure. No, the Aussies. I, I'm, I think... It shouldn't have been as close as it was in the 60th, but I do worry without Quaid, though. I think it'll be all right. Jim? I worry that they're just going to do an England thing where they go watch that second half and be like, well, none of these are penalties. I don't know why I did that. No, I'll just fix it next game. <laughs> and we just get pumped. <laughs> just get pumped. <laughs> oh, God. Um, now I'm going uh, Australia and I'm going, uh, I'm going South Africa. you got to go there. All right. Any other rugby news, Girl? boys? Any um, other rugby news? No. We've got nothing. No. All right. Well, thanks for chatting, I boys. Bought, um, oh. All right. No worries. No, no, no. Oh, gee. No, what, what'd you buy, Jim? No, what'd you no, buy? I didn't buy anything. No, what'd you What's buy? It, I want to know now. What is it? No, I, no, I almost bought. Jesus, there's no way this guy's bought anything. Right. <laughs> I, was gonna, uh, I was going to get your opinions on Quaid's new label, Richard. I was thinking about buying you a big old jumper from Craig's new uh, clothing line. Thinking you love him so much, you can wear him around the southern suburbs. Hey, mate, you're never putting your hand in your pocket for me, mate. Don't even try it. No, I know, but I, I, I would almost chip in to have Rich and decked out some Quaid. Yeah, with that little beanie on top. Mate, you know, I'll send you my... the ears. I, Can't cover send, the ears. I'll send you my dress, mate. I look forward to it. Put it in the mail because you two would send, never do it. Send me your sizes. Send me your sizes, man. I might do yeah. it for the photo. <laughs> All right, Can we all just take a minute to acknowledge how fucked the Wallabies are, though? Samu Krevi, Greg Cooper, and Michael Hooper, objectively, are best three players all out. Fucked, right? And I'm all out for, forever. It's so depressing, man. Can you I'm come not- back from, from this if you hoop? Are you reckon he's going to come back? Because Quaid's not, he can't come Michael back. Michael Hooper is going to come back done. bigger and better than ever. Look, the, the, you just, the, it's understated the, the toll this must take on you mentally. It's not like any other sport where you have to constantly lift as heavy as you can and, and constantly think, stay in peak physical condition well into your 30s. Did you not see, did you not see, did you not see how, too. did you not see Blake take his shirt off? Uh, how'd you deal with it, Blake? Staying in baby top powder. Uh, <laughs> bit of baby powder. <laughs> On the, on the denim crunch and I'm fine. Oh, dear. All right. Good. Thanks, boys. Catch you next week. All right. Yeah. All right. All right.